Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Stand up for your country. So President Biden is in a focus because of that town hall last night. Um, I don't have numbers yet. I thought I was going to have ratings. Uh, I don't think many people watched. And those who started to watch, it was almost impossible. I mean, it really was almost impossible. And I'll tell you why and what happened and all of that. But first, the schedule today for uh, Mr. Biden. Uh, fairly light. He had a couple of uh, meetings, one two fifteen, Remarks about the Crime Victims Fund. That's a federal block grant fund. People get hurt by criminals. They get money uh, through their states, but the feds fund it. And four o'clock, uh, the president, vice president, and union, business leaders, infrastructure, framework, you know, meetings. You know, I never have meetings. And nobody wants to meet with me. That's probably a big reason. But even when I uh, was working in corporations, I just can't. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, attention deficit disorder. I, I just can't do it. All right. So let's get to the uh, town hall. The overarch is this. It was incredibly boring. And I had my pad and my pen and I wanted to take notes. Um, but I couldn't take notes because he, he just wouldn't say anything. So the crowd was there. It was all vaxxed. I'd say about 80% liberal, um, you know, usual CNN crew. And uh, he looked good. Uh, Mr. Biden, you know, was trim and had energy and neatly dressed. And But he just goes off on these uh, tangents, his sister-in-law and then his father here. And then, and, uh, and you forget, what was the question again? Um, so I didn't get anything out of the first 40 minutes. I was tweeting by the way, throughout, and I'd like you to get on my tweet band, at Bill O'Reilly, at Bill O'Reilly, because we send out some very interesting things sometimes. And if you want to see my tweets, if you miss them, they're on the message of the day on BillOReilly.com. So just go over to BillOReilly.com, and you'll see all the tweets that I did live time. And my theme was, I am having a very hard time locking in on this entire thing, because it was so dull, tedious, and then he started with the cliches, you know, and it was like, oh, how long is this going to last? It lasted an hour and 20 minutes. It seemed like a day and a half. Okay, so uh, the reason this all takes place is because a town hall meeting is not a place where you can interrupt the president. So either Lemon, the CNN moderator, asks him a question and he wanders around and gives an answer that's five minutes long, or the few people in the gallery ask a question and then he, they're not going to interrupt him. So it's really useless if you want information. First 35, 40 minutes was all COVID. I didn't learn one thing. Not one thing. Um, and it was like on and on and on and on and on. Okay, so let's, uh, I picked out a few sound bites that I think you're going to enjoy hearing, not because Mr. Biden is saying them, but for what it means to you. First one, roll. We've created more jobs in the first six months of my, our administration than any time in American history. No president's ever, no administration's ever created as many jobs. Now that is one of the biggest sleight of hands that I've ever seen in my entire life. But nobody would know that unless you had a staff like I have. So what he's saying is I've created more jobs than any president 
in the first six months that I've been in office. But he's using a baseline of COVID for that assertion. The baseline he's using is April 2020 when the entire country shut down. All right. And when 22 jobs were lost, 22 million jobs were lost. That's his baseline. So, yes, once the VAX rollout began and he was inaugurated in January and the two were simultaneous, yeah, jobs started to come up. The jobs that were lost came back. But it wasn't because of anything he did. It was the vaccination, the people starting to go out and be more protected and the economy starting to get back and the lockdowns ending. So I'm saying to myself, when I heard it, I knew it was BS, but I didn't have these stats, all right? But I right away said, get what's going on here, and it came back fairly quickly. So this kind of stuff, it's not Biden. He he does it a lot. Does Biden even know the stats? Does he know he's using a baseline of April 2020? I don't think so. That's his people. He doesn't know. He just says what they tell him to say. And that was one of the memorized facts. I got more creative jobs than any other president. You know, Trump did that too, but Trump was was going on a baseline of Obama. Okay, that was his baseline. Not COVID wiping out the entire industry of everything in the United States. All right, so isn't that interesting? Both parties do it. With Biden, I mean, when I went out, I said, what? And Lemon, I had no blanket idea. None. Okay, second soundbite is about COVID. Go. What we're doing is, number one, is restore America's faith in science is listen to the scientists. No, I'm not joking. I mean, literally listen to the scientists. And not interfere, not rush anything. Just make, let the scientists proceed because they desperately want to get this right. I can't believe how dumb that statement is. And I want it to stop. We listen to the scientists. Hey, the scientists disagree on everything. They disagree on the uh, COVID origins. They disagree on how to treat COVID. They disagree on how it spreads. They disagree on climate change. They disagree on everything. So which scientists are we talking about? Dr. Frankenstein? Are we talking about him? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Who are we talking about? No, I listen to the scientists. It is such BS. I mean, I'm standing there going, how long do we have to listen to this nonsense? All right, sound by number three. This is what Joe Biden's, how he got elected and how he thinks he, the Democratic Party is going to stay in power. Give the folks money. Go. How many of you have children under the age of 17? Raise your hand. Guess what? You're getting a lot of money in a monthly check now, aren't you? No, you deserve, no, no, no. I really mean it. Republicans used to fight for it as well. It's called the child tax credit. If you have a child under the age of seven, you get 300 bucks a month, 350 bucks a month. If you have a child under between seven and 17, you get a total of uh, uh, 200 bucks a month. The key thing that you get a lot of money, aren't you? 
I mean, I'm sending you money. And that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. That is the progressive platform. The federal government will send you money so you vote for far-left politicians because that gravy train is going to continue and we're going to take the money from wherever we're going to take it, the wealthy people, the corporations. And if we ruin the economy, good, because we progressives want to control the economy from Washington. We don't want a private marketplace. Now, does, again, does Biden know the big picture? No, he does not. Okay, fourth soundbite on the cops. Now, you need to remember that while a senator, Joe Biden was one of the most anti-criminal uh, politicians in the country. The soundbite, we want to put these thugs away. We don't care why they're doing the crimes. People have to be protected. We're going to put them in. He co-sponsored the uh, crime bill that Bill Clinton signed, the tough mandatory sentencing bill. That was all Biden. Now, now. Biden's woke. Go. We need more policemen, not fewer policemen. But we need them involved in community policing. Community policing. And when we did that, violent crime went down. All the criticism about the original crime bill, guess what? Yeah. Crime went down until we stopped doing community yeah. policing. So it's about getting, we have availability now of over billion, lots of money, for cops to be able to hire psychologists, psychiatrists, as well as social workers to be engaged in the process. So this is another sleight of hand. Every police department in a major city in this country has access to mental health workers and social workers. Everyone. Okay? But what Biden is, is basically saying is community policing will drive crime down. That's not true. That's not how crime got driven down in New York City by Mayors Giuliani and Bloomberg. Okay? Tough sentencing and arrest policies drove crime down to historic record lows in New York City. That is a fact. It wasn't bringing a social worker with you when you get a call, 911, that some woman's being raped. Okay, that's not what drove the social worker, didn't drive the crime rate down. Now, every criminologist knows what he just said is a bunch of malarkey. No joke, I'm not being facetious. Yeah, it's like, ugh, and I'm sitting there. But he gets away with it because he's woke Joe. And all the other wokes in the country, that's right. If we could just bring a squad of psychiatrists right to the crime scene, then they'd stop murdering and selling narcotics, and they'd just go into therapy, and then it would all be solved. I mean, it is just so dishonest, and it's so damaging to this country for the president of the United States to be so detached from reality. Now, some of you write me and, well, he's a liar. I don't believe that. He's delusional. There's a difference between a calculated lie, knowing the truth, and living in a delusionary world, which is what Joe Biden does. He is not in the real world. 
Okay, now Clinton and Obama, the two Democratic predecessors, they were in the real world. Donald Trump, sometimes he would go out of the real world because he wanted things to be a certain way. Not an excuse, and I think I'm reporting accurately. But Joe Biden lives in a delusional world by telling people in high crime areas, I need to know. We don't want aggressive policing and arrest the bad guys and put them in jail. No, 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 no. We want restorative justice where they all come in and sit around. Why are you shooting people? Here's uh, Selma and she's going to help you not shoot people. Um, Ah, every police officer listening to me right now, and there are a lot of them, knows what I am saying is true. Now, on a domestic dispute, on violence with children, there are, there are plenty of support staff when the police have done their job. In fact, in New York City, they send people to Bellevue, which is the mental health facility, every single day. If somebody's on PCP or, you know, they're acting crazy and they're kicking this, and I, they book them. They arrest them, but then they go right to Bellevue, to the what they call the psych ward. But there's Joe Biden. You know, when we had community policing, and oh, crime was low. That's not. Ask Giuliani, ask Bloomberg. That's not true. It's like the, I created more jobs. You know, you're in a fantasy world. But he believes the fantasy world. And you know people like this. I do. You know, and I'm compassionate to them if they're harmless. You, you know people like this, who whatever the reality is, they're not going to grasp it because they live in a different place. Now, one of the reasons that it was hard to even lock in on what President Biden was saying is because he speaks so poorly. It's like every cliche imaginable. Roll the tape. It's not a joke. Not a joke. I mean, come on. I'm not being a wise guy now. Anyway, all kidding aside, I'd say, come on. That's not going to happen in America. Look, no, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being facetious. No, I'm serious. No, I mean it. I'm not being facetious. No, I'm serious. Not a joke. Not a joke. I'm not joking. No, I really mean it. Now, I uh, was on a radio at WABC with Bernie and Sid this morning, and they asked me about this because it just drives everybody nuts. All right? I mean, how many cliches can you wedge into one paragraph? He's the record breaker. This should be an Olympic Games. He'd get the gold medal. But it's a condition. And I do this, obviously, for a living. All right? I speak to you. From here, it goes through my mouth, and it goes into your ear. It's a condition that he has is that he can't formulate thoughts in a precise way. He can't. So he's got to drag all of this. Oh, I'm not joking. I mean, nobody thinks you're joking. You're not funny. All right? Nobody thinks you're being facetious. They're listening to what you're saying. And you're the president, so what you're saying is important. Oh, yes, I don't I mean, you know, you're just like, stop it. But he can't. He can't. Because he's inarticulate. 
and always has been. He has to, when he reads off a of paper, right? When he reads, when they write things for him and he reads the teleprompter, he can do it. But when he's just speaking off the top of his head, he can't. He just can't formulate thoughts in a precise manner. That drove me nuts. Now, think I'm being too hard on him? Maybe. I might be. Um, but there was one thing he said that surprised me, and I absolutely agree with it, and it's a very interesting story. He was talking about the high rate of drug addiction in this country, which is killing hundreds of thousands of people. Roll it. Here's the thing. We don't have nearly enough people involved in mental health and drug addiction services, number one. Number one. Number two. Number two. We shouldn't be sending people to jail for use. We should be sending them mandatory rehabilitation. Mandatory rehabilitation. Here's the thing. We don't send people who use narcotics to jail. Very, very rarely does that happen. They have to sell narcotics. If they use, they get a ticket in New York City. And now, with the current situation in the Big Apple, nothing happens to that. Well, if you do it in Arkansas, in a small town, it's going to be a bigger beef, but not in the major cities. But what he said is mandatory rehabilitation. Now, I don't even know, again, if he knows what that is. I know what it is because I did a master's degree paper at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University on this, on this mandatory rehabilitation for drug addicts. And it is the only way you're going to get that problem under control. The professor, if you want to call him up and check my work, was Marvin Cow the old CBS news reporter, Marvin Kalb. He was teaching at the Kennedy School when I was there. I went to Singapore where they have this. Now it's punitive in Singapore. So if they catch you with any narcotics on the island of Singapore, you go to mandatory rehab 22 months, okay? You go to a camp and it's not nice. Now, you can, and this was the subject of my paper, you can take the program and make it humane. And that's what we should do here. So why have mandatory drug rehabilitation? Well, number one, most drug addicts and alcoholics, for that matter, are not going to voluntarily go to rehab. They like getting high. You got to start there. Most will not. Some get so desperate that they do, but it's very, very hard to kick an addiction like that, particularly if it's heroin or opiates. Now, in Singapore, the reason they, and you don't have to be convicted of anything in Singapore. If they find it, you're gone because there's no rights there. I mean, it's a fascist state. They take the market away. There's no one to buy drugs in Singapore. And they hang drug dealers over a certain weight in public so you can watch. So the risk reward for the narcotics industry in Singapore is nothing. All right. So, and so they don't have a problem. The market that people would use, they're 
in a camp, the dealer's got a rope around her neck. Now, if you drive from Singapore to Malaysia, which I did, I'll go over a big causeway. As soon as you get into Malaysia, there's drug addicts everywhere. Because all the Singaporeans who want to use hard drugs, they go to Malaysia because they don't have that there. Now, in the United States, the way you would have to do it, because the progressives would scream and yell, and I don't even think Biden knows that. Oh, no, drug addicts have a right to be high, and you don't have a right to put them in. But how you do it is, if you are caught committing a crime, and you have drugs in your bloodstream, because everybody gets tested now, then you have a choice. You can go to rehab, mandatory rehab, for a certain amount of time, judge sets the time, or you can go through the system, but the bail is going to be fairly high, so you're going to sit on your butt in prison while you wait for your trial to unfold. You got to get a lawyer. You got to do all that. So that's a choice. And a lot of people will take the rehab because the rehab would be holistic. It wouldn't be like Singapore. You get three squares a day. You'd get a decent place to put your head down. Now, that's the only solution to the drug problem. There is no other solution on this planet. Now, Biden hit it. <laughs> but do, you, do you know, do you think he knows? It? No. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he studied my paper. Maybe he read my paper on it. I doubt it, but it's possible. It's out there. So anyway, um, I should post that paper on BillOReilly.com. I have it. Um, Maybe I'll do that. Um, But you can call Marvin Kalb and ask him about me, and he'll tell you that I was an excellent student. Maybe. Okay. So under tremendous pressure from Sean Hannity and myself, uh, Joe Biden has announced sanctions on Cuba. So if you listen to the Hannity program yesterday, we spent a half an hour, Sean and I, saying, are you going to do anything, President Biden, or not? And then Hannity had his TV show on it as well. So that pressure came through. And so now Biden says, we're going to announce sanctions against Cuban officials. That means they're going to have a list of people who can't come here or something. I don't know what else we can do to Cuba. We got sanctions now. Trump put them on. They're there. And any sanction the Chinese and the Russians are going to undermine. That's what's going to happen. So, all right. But it was interesting to see Biden react today on that. Uh, Let's shift over to uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president. So a new poll, morning consult, um, Democrat 38, Republican 34, Independent 28, fair poll. Thank you, morning consult, for, you know, polling in a fair manner. Very simple question. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of Vice President Harris? All right. 47% unfavorable. 45 favorable. Wow. She's underwater. So what did she do that got this here? Well, number one, she doesn't communicate very well with the folks. You know, they had that laugh and all of that, and she's not comfortable doing that. And number two, the border is just crazy. She didn't even want to go there. And she's in charge. So she's underwater. Another poll. This is a very important poll. But I couldn't get the uh, political affiliation from Gallup. They wouldn't give it to us. I don't like that. 
So 1,381 adults on race relations. Gallup poll, uh, question. Would you say relations between white and black people are very good, somewhat good, somewhat bad, or very bad? Okay, so this is the net on that. Net good, 42%. Again, relations between black and whites in America. Net bad, 57%. 57 bad, 42 good. 20 years ago in America, 2001, net good, 63%, net bad, 35%. Now, in 20 years, America has not changed to become more oppressive to African-Americans. In fact, things have gotten better. Far more programs, far more um, opportunities in the job place, in social situations. Things have changed for the better. But the number is upside down because of the media. The media, the progressive media, wants you to believe that the United States persecutes, and that's the word, persecutes African-Americans, particularly police. Okay, so the progressives and the corporate media have an alliance, and the corporate media picked this up. There is no better example than critical race theory. So I'm going to walk through this because it's very important. You've heard about it because there are some school districts that want to teach six-year-olds that white people are bad. That's what it comes down to. But I, I want to define it. So this is from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Remember that? They used to come to your door, but you could still get it. All right. This is critical race theory is a philosophy, and I'm reading this now, that holds the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. So, in other words, our society is rigged against African-Americans and other minorities. The legal system, the economic system, the school system, everything. That's what critical waste theory is. Now, there are millions of people who believe that. Okay? They do. And they want this to be in the elementary schools, starting at age six. You can imagine if that happens. So all throughout the elementary school, high school, and college, all the student will hear is that white people are oppressing black people in their country. So if you're a minority student, you're angry. If you're a white student, you don't know what to think. What do you think? Am I bad? Am I a bad person? Are my parents bad? Are we, are we oppressing? This is what they want because this creates confusion and divisiveness. All right, that's what the progressive movement wants. And it's gotten it because the corporate media embraces critical race theory. Will it take? Just because I do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that I'm a racist, damn it. <laughs> it's a, actually, it does. 
It's just another example of Republicans turning kids into a wedge issue, just like their politically motivated attacks on transgender youth who just want to play sports. Critical race theory will, will help you confront what the problems are, will help you see um, how racism functions uh, in American society, uh, and then you'll be able to participate in the, in the process of dismantling these structures and making sure that we create a more democratic and inclusive society. What this is, is backlash politics coming precisely at a moment where finally racial justice has become a majoritarian interest on the part of Americans from all races and all classes. So this is a way of pushing back against that without saying that we're for racism. Yes. They can say we're against critical race theory. Well, I'm against critical race theory, madam, because it's bull. There isn't an organized cabal in this country trying to keep down blacks and minorities. It doesn't exist. Now, the NBC network, uh, the AT&T, CNN network, all the network news, Disney, ABC, they, they all, I'm not going to say they encourage critical race theory. Some do. But they're all afraid to challenge it. Because then they wouldn't be woke then they'd be branded racist. So if you are the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, you are not gonna say that critical race theory is bad, even if you believe it, because you're frightened. So I run my own corporation. I can say what I wanna say, but believe me, I'm attacked every day, as you know, okay? But the corporations who put out the mass market news and analysis they're never going to go up against it, but the folks will. And that will be another nail in the progressive coffin. Mark my words. Let's go to politics. So Nancy Pelosi and the House um, voted to approve a January 6th committee. That vote happened on June 30th. It was 222 to 190. The January 6th committee is to investigate the riot at the Capitol building. Now, the committee is to be made up of 13 members of the House, eight members selected by Nancy Pelosi, five members selected by minority leader, Republican Kevin McCarthy. Okay, so McCarthy picks Jim Jordan and Jim Banks for the committee. All right, Jordan, the Ohio congressman, and Banks, the Indiana congressman. He selects them. Pelosi says, no. We don't want them. Now, that's never happened before. And Pelosi has no right to do that. But since she's in charge of the committee, she does it. All right, we all understanding? Never happened. Okay. So, rightly, McCarthy says, we're not going to cooperate at all. We're not putting any Republicans on because it's a farce. Now, you could say that Jordan and Banks are partisans. They are. But Nancy Pelosi's not a partisan. Adam Schiff is on a committee. He's not a partisan. So it's okay to have partisans on the Democratic side, but not on the Republican side. Okay. So we know it's a farce. Everybody. Everybody except Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who attacks her own party and McCarthy. Go. The American people deserve to know what happened people who did this must be held accountable. 
There must be an investigation that is nonpartisan, that is sober, that is serious, that gets to the facts wherever they may lead. Uh, and at every opportunity, the minority leader has attempted to prevent the American people from understanding what happened, to block this investigation. She's going to lose her primary. So I hope she enjoys her, you know, what she got about uh, 18 months left. But Wyoming's not going to reelect her. And she, it all comes because she hates Trump. And she thinks Trump was the insurrectionist. That's why this is. All right, Olympics, quick update. It uh, begins tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, NBC, um, they'll roll out the uh, opening ceremonies. 91 people associated with the Olympics have COVID. That's up uh, from, that's up 30 from yesterday. 91. Um, four Americans tested positive. And Joe Biden's over there. And the Olympics will begin. Now, NBC's Today Show. I've been on it dozens of times, but it's not what it was. So in the week of July 12th to 16th, the lowest ratings ever, is it ever? Um, smallest audience since 1991. So the show's collapsing. The Today Show is collapsing. 2.9 million viewers. It used to do, when I was on a show, as a guest, 6 million. And it was a good platform to promote a book. So now it's on a 2-9. Uh, Good Morning America does 3-2. Um, the CBS Morning News does 2-5. It's gone. What's happening to late night is happening in the morning. Why? Because traditional people aren't going to watch it. Because everybody knows it's a progressive platform. That's why. It's not hard. This day in history, July 22nd, 2003. Uday and Kuse get it. All right, Saddam Hussein's sons. They found them in Mosul. It was a task force hunting them. And it was all United States operatives, CIA and special forces. They gunned them down along with Kusei's 14-year-old son. That's too bad. Mustafa. Okay, they found him in a house. Um, and they bit the dust. Awful people. Terrible. Not as bad as their father, Saddam Hussein, but close. That happened 18 years ago today, July 22nd, 2003. Quick break. Back with a uh, mail segment and a very important final thought. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, let's go uh, to the mail. Neil, concierge member. Neil gets direct access to me. If you'd like to participate, go to BillOReilly.com. You'll like the concierge program. Bill, my question for President Biden, what is your definition of white supremacy? Can you explain and give some examples? Well, the Klan would be one of you like that, but I'd like to hear his, that's a good question. I'd like to hear his definition of white supremacy. He thinks it's the top terror threat in the world. Gino, Bill, my question for President Biden, what is your name? What year is it? Who is the 46th president of the United States? Gino, Gino, that's not nice. John, Philippines. My question for Mr. Biden is, where is the $200 boost to my social security? I'm living on $811 a month. Well, you're lucky you're in the Philippines where the living costs are very low. Uh, the cost of uh, living for social security is on the way, I understand. Tony D, College Point, New York. Mr. O'Reilly, there is not a politician on the planet who will give a yes or no answer to any question. They are all trained to filibuster. That is true, but I think there are a few around that will answer questions. Trump answered my questions in the interview I did two weeks ago with him. Adam Sherman, High Ridge, Missouri. Safe to say, we know the mainstream news is broken. That's why we watch you, O'Reilly. When will the broken news stop being newsworthy? You know, it is on the way to obsolescence. I don't know when it's, people are just gonna forget about it entirely. Susan Brown, Warsaw, Indiana. Probably more Americans are happy the women's soccer team lost. I'm happy they lost. They're obnoxious, I agree. Uh, Stephen Stone, Las Vegas. Interesting that African-Americans have the lowest vaccination rate in America, yet no mention from the liberal media. Well, you know why. We went over that yesterday. Forrest, uh, concierge member. Again, please check that out. I disagree that the progressive left is getting nervous. Everything that's happening is what they want to happen. And through it all, they simply march on. Yeah, well, they're marching right into the midterm elections in 2022. So let's see. Uh, Marsha, Bill, please refresh my memory. Why is your tour with Donald Trump called the history tour? Because that's all it's going to be about. Not going to be a rally, not going to be relitigating the election. It's going to be what happened exactly in the four years that Donald Trump was the 45th president. So if you'd like to see us, we're going to be in Florida, December 11th and 12th, first Fort Lauderdale, then Orlando, and then the next weekend in Houston, on the 18th of December and the 19th in Dallas, tremendous Christmas gifts. I know it's a long way off, but you gotta think ahead. VIPs already sold out. The really ace tickets are gone. There are good seats and you wanna give good seats for Christmas. You don't want somebody up, way up, but you know, I think this weekend you guys go in if you want. It's not, not bad to be in Florida in mid-December or Texas. Okay, um, what else do I want to tout? Killing the Mob, still a massive bestseller, three months in a marketplace. Great summer read, as are all the killing books. Word of the day, I already gave it to you. Do not be turgid, T-U-R-G-I-D, when writing to us. Big final thought that will, I think, help your life. Coming up. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. 
So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, let's get to the final thought of the day. I knew when we announced the Donald Trump, Bill O'Reilly history tour that I would be attacked. Okay, I knew that would happen. I didn't know how. So what I did was I put into place two law firms, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. I hired them. It cost me money. And I said, I'm going to be attacked. We don't know how, but it's going to be vicious. So I had them in place. And of course, it happened. And of course, my lawyers came right in did a great job. Now, I'm not going to litigate this on the, in the media. I will tell you I've won five federal cases in a row, and I will win two more coming up. That will happen. But I'm not going to do it in the media. I'm going to do it the way it should be done through the legal system. Now, the final thought of the day is in your life, you have to anticipate. You have to say, bad things are gonna happen to me because bad things happen to everybody. So you need three individuals in your life. I've said this before, a doctor who cares about you, a lawyer, I don't know if they're gonna care about you, but good lawyer, if you can afford it, I know it's tough, and a financial planner that you can trust, need them. So if you live in uh, the southern part of the United States, the southeast, on the Gulf Coast or in Florida or any of that, you know you're going to get whacked by a hurricane. You know what's going to happen. It's a matter of when, not if. So you got to have, you got to be ready for that. All right? So in your basement, your garage, whatever it may be, you've got to have stuff that you can quickly mobilize if you are caught up in a disaster. Same thing out in the West Coast with the uh, earthquakes. you got to have, you don't have to go crazy you got to have enough for a couple of days, right? And it should be orderly. You should know where it is, what it is, all that. And then in your personal life, your children, relatives, uh, spouses, whatever it may be, you have to prepare for the worst. And I hope never comes. But you got to think about what will I do if, what will I do if? This is anticipation of life's problems. Very few human beings do it. And they're caught. I got, early on, I, I wasn't doing it. But if you anticipate and if you set up things, you will save yourself so much grief. Thank you for watching. Check in with us over the weekend at BillOReilly.com. Brand new column on the way. And we'll see you again on Monday.